Welcome to Fated, a podcast brought to you by Magella and Carly, two romanticy obsessed readers who believe that great books must include declarations of undying love and deep thrusts of desire. Diving into the spicy, smutty fantasy genre, we are here for both the rattling of stars and headboards, and our podcast starts with the worlds of SJM, but delves into other realms. Did we mention that washboard abs and wands of all kinds are welcome in this inclusive and magically charged space? No topic is off limits, and no one is forced to have only one favorite heroine. Welcome to Fated, where we are unabashedly and wholeheartedly hot and heavy for spicy fantasy fiction. It's time to sit down and smut up. Morning, spoilers ahead. I'm Carly and welcome to episode three of Fated, the podcast. Today we are going to have a really interesting conversation about what is fantasy romance? What even is that genre? Because I know that a lot of our listeners, I think, will be very, very new to it and be wondering, well, what, what makes it a romance novel? What makes it a fantasy novel? What makes it a fantasy romance? So... Excited to have that conversation today, but first I'd love to ask Madge, what are you reading at the moment? Well, I think like many people in the who are in book talk land, um, we, I am deep in Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros, the sequel to Fourth Wing. Carly has not begun it yet, so I can't talk about it at all. Um, I'm at 57% and oh I am struggling to stop or slot life in around it and that will be um i will talk about that more when we speak in a future episode about you know is reading a drug can you become addicted to reading (laughs) so when did it come out and you're at what 57 percent? when did it come out it came out yesterday (laughs) amazing impressive Incredible. And I still went to bed at a very normal time and woke up at a normal time. It's, I just think I've sacrificed m- m- mostly everything else. Yeah, yeah, as I wish I could. So I have huge FOMO and I'm avoiding social media at the moment. So it is a huge release for those who have not yet read Fourth Wing. It is a huge release. It has been much anticipated and um, the community is going wild. So, yeah, I am. I, I have it en route in the post and I think that it's going to come next Monday which is in I don't know a few days time which will give me time to finish what I'm reading which is Assassin's Blade um and yes it sounds like I've been reading that forever but we only recorded those last podcast episodes a few days ago um loving it and I'm also listening to the audiobook um of Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid so I do listen to and read other genres and in particular I like to listen to other genres on audio. Fantasy romance for me, I think I've previously said as well, I do like to read sitting down with the book in my hands so I can really immerse myself in the world and the world building and the characters and the story be totally swept up by it. I struggle to read fantasy romance audio-wise or listen to it audio-wise. So that's what I'm reading and listening to at the moment. So let's dive in to what is fantasy romance because I was a bit confused at the start when I jumped into this genre. I don't know about you, Madge, but I was like, is it romance? Like what makes it fantasy? Because isn't every fiction fantasy? Yes, I remember we did have this discussion and I felt like I didn't have that same um, kind of hesitation because I... Firstly, I think I don't really care about labels. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
it's an interesting thing of like what is romanticy the actual label doesn't draw me in at all it's more like what will this book make me feel or what will this kind of genre make me feel um and I do feel like fantasy um it doesn't feel like it's so interesting because fantasy to me sits closer to sci-fi um uh, and I guess that hadn't ever really been appealing. I'm not really a sci-fi um, kind of gal. I do enjoy a good science fiction movie, but I've never really delved into the sci-fi um, reading world. Um, and on top of that too, I don't think I have ever really kind of felt like I was a romance reader. There was a lot of derision around being a romance reader. I don't know if it was the same for you growing up. It was something of our generation or, you know, but there was so much, um, I guess, judgment about the Mills and Boone era and, you know, reading these kind of trashy romance novels that it was something that it was almost like as someone who grew up reading a lot and then writing a lot and always being really good at English, I guess there was, you know, definitely since, you know, we were um, encouraged to be very academic. So there was this almost, um, I guess, holding back from embracing, you know, something that could be as sort of lowbrow or tawdry as, you know, that sort of stereotypical romance genre, which was like, you know, talk down to women and, you know, didn't kind of bring in that independence and um, that um, kind of intellect that we were now priding ourselves on. Whereas I think romanticy for me doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like that Mills and Boone romance and it doesn't feel like fantasy slash sci-fi. It really feels like, this very unique genre that has cherry picked these elements from a few different genres, but it has kind of created this outcome that feel it feels more epic. Yeah. Do you think what it do you think? Like, legitim- like a, I don't know the word that came to mind when you were speaking is like it adds a legitimacy. Like there's some more complexity and robustness and detail to this romance so it's more I don't know as you said maybe acceptable or intellectual or something it adds something else another element to it like it's more like a a, a, like a novel that's worthy of our time because it's going to take us on a journey and teach us life lessons and we're going to laugh and cry and you know rail with these characters which you may not associate with reading you know a light-hearted romance or I guess a real typical escapism type fantasy sci-fi and it's it's a it's a really interesting thing to and I think we should definitely find out what all our listeners think about do they have judgment have their friends judge them for this romantic genre do they talk about do they label it as romanticy do they just call it romance do they call it mm. fantasy do they not label it at all and they just talk about these books that they're reading by title you know yeah. like interesting yeah. how everyone is kind of is. categorizing and themselves I, my natu- my nature is to then go okay well let me go find out let's look on the internet let's look at 
how other people are seeing these books, experiencing these books, and what actually is it? So I'm like, you know, on, on good old Google, like what is romanticy or what is, fa- you know, it's romantic fantasy, also known as romanticy. Um, and so this is what I kind of found when I was doing a little bit of search. Like it's a literary genre that seamlessly combines the elements of romance and fantasy. At its core, though, it explores the depths of love, passion and relationships against the backdrop of fantastical settings. And then there's this like spectrum. So these settings can range from really high fantasy realms, I guess, like what we've seen in you know, the most popular books at the moment with the Akatar series, Sarah J. Master's World and um, Fourth Wing and the like, uh, to like filled with magic, filled with mythical creatures, to low fantasy worlds with really subtle fantastical elements. A little bit, I guess, like how I was talking about Outlander as well. You know, Outlander still has that fantasy element of going back in time, um, but it's going back into a historical realm that actually existed. So there's this spectrum, which was really interesting. And I guess um, I would assume that readers will find themselves on that spectrum, like what whether they enjoy all of it or whether like I actually really prefer being pulled completely into a, a completely know created world or not um what sets romanticy apart is that the central external conflict in these stories is typically a romance between two main characters so you can have fantasy books on their own but romantic fantasy absolutely has this central conflict between these characters these romantic stories and that i got a lot of that information from a website called legendsandlore.com which was really really cool to, to discover um, but there's a lot of world building, isn't there, in these fantasy books, as you said, a lot of world building. And so it is that fantasy element for me is so much more intriguing than just a romance story set in real life. What do you reckon? Do you read romance? Because do you read normal romance too, like just regular romance now? Are you are you interested in that or not? I I mean I feel like it should appeal because what I find so irresistible about this genre of books, the romanticy, is the central love stories, is the fated characters, is the, you know, kind of like bottomless, you know, loyalty and love and devotion that brings them together across realms, across worlds, you know, across all obstacles so one would assume then that I would also find just a standard romance to also be appealing because, again, it is also built around two characters. But there is something about the the displacement of reality. So we're not in today's world. So perhaps it's that if we tried to have a love, tried to picture love like these characters have, in our world today, it seems improbable and implausible. So then we can't connect or there's a part of our brain that says that just would never happen. You know, it's just not possible. But also in one of Sarah J. Mass's series, Crescent City, it is set in an urban environment where they have laptops and mobile phones. So it is a modern day I found some web results. I can show them if you ask again from your iPhone. Siri wants to be involved in this podcast. Hey Siri, stop. Nothing. Let me just do a marker. And we'll just edit that out. 
I'm just I'm like good good to know. I'm just un, I'm just unplugged Siri. Siri has been banished. Um, so that's right. Crescent City. Just a sec. Okay. So Crescent City is an interesting concept in a way because it is set in a world that is much more similar to ours where there is phones and laptops and high-rise buildings and lots of um, conveniences that we know because we use them and they're in our current world. But there is still beings that have wings and there's you know, um, mermen and there's lots of dif different creatures. Um, uh, and so it still feels set in a fantasy mm. realm. You know, it still feels like it's far away from our norm. And I'm not sure if it's that aspect that allows me to then connect, you know, like there's a part of me then that relaxes and says, I'm just going to go with this love story because it's not set in our world, so I can I can believe fully in it that it's yeah. it is it is possible and it is, it could happen. But if it's in a romance, it it a asked me to believe that that is possible in my current world with yeah. the way we live and the way we interact with people, but also that when it's set in a typical environment that we know. There is this aspect of, but I don't have that. Like if you are reading a romance where the the main character has fallen in love with a six foot six man with chiseled abs and you know like a beautiful tattoo down his back and he's and you know incredibly good looking and you know it's sort of a bit like you know and he goes wild in the bedroom but he's also very protective and loyal and you know, cooks you dinner, it would become, there is a little comparison that begins because it's like, well, could that, should that be what my relationship is? Should that be what my partner is? Like, is that have I picked wrong? Yeah. Are these men out there? And yeah, fantasy really, I guess, asks the reader to let go. And if you don't love fantasy romance, then it could be because you just, yeah, for you, it's like, it's too far fetched and you don't you you're not willing to let go of reality as much as those of us who are just like yep happy to happy to discard reality completely and here we go into this world very very cool and it was it was interesting reading as I was researching as well about as a writer of fantasy romance like you have to you have to cover two genres potentially more if it's also got some historical elements in there um it can be I can imagine it would be really difficult to balance those genres. You've got to have enough world building and character complexity and and um, plot beats to move that story forward and weaving of stories and connecting dots and also hit the beats of a romance novel. So if you if you've ever read or you've written romance um, yourself, you know that there's beats of the storyline that are pretty, you know, pretty much universal across romance. So I just think quite amazing in this genre that to have to balance that out and weaving the romance into the larger tapestry of the plot and yeah, figuring out not only their human, like their human characteristics or non-human characteristics or 
character traits, but also then create literally creating the world. <laughs> literally creating the world. Like what kind of magic exists here? What kind of creatures? What kind of buildings? How does it look? There's so much, isn't it? It's quite incredible as a writer to be able to do that. And also I think it's um, really important to remember that the when people really like something or become obsessed, they they reread, they scroll for details, they're going through everything with a fine tooth comb and the people, the writers that have become the most successful, you know, there's this underneath everything, there is this level of um, accuracy and dependability where all of the facts always line up and there isn't gaping holes in plausibility in terms of this seems to make sense and this family tree matches up here and this being can do these things but not those things and that stays consistent through all the types of beings who are like that across timelines and, you know, and how they interact with different characters. And um, so I think with that, it's not just that they've created this other world, but they've created this other world that is very appealing. You know, I think you can have fantasy worlds where you just don't want to go there. Like you're like, hey, that's really, wow, that's intense or that sounds epic or or something but these worlds the way the authors often talk about you know the landscape the buildings the architecture the history the culture I mean I do sound a bit like a super fan now because I'm like oh my god the culture that they you know, like the folklore that they're telling around the fireplace you know that, but it is that level of detail yeah and then I think that we you know this hasn't this is not related anything to romanticism, but the fact that then we have fan art and people creating what they think the characters and the places look like then adds this visual layer to the imagination version, like your imagined version of it. So it starts to feel more and more real, which then adds to that, connection that you're forging with the characters the place the story oh my gosh Magella I was sitting there reading Assassin's Blade yesterday and I highlighted a paragraph that was just a, the Sarah J Maas explaining or describing the view down the road of what she could see down the street and I was I read it like five times I'm like how is she how is she describing that so wonderfully that I am so compelled to highlight that and reread it was quite amazing and I and and when you were you know talking about just to circle back a bit about how they meticulously you know weave everything together for the detectives that are going to go back and reread and reread they also leave space for the conspiracy the conspiracy theory the foreshadowing that like there's still enough space in there for people to make up their own ideas about what's coming in the next book or what's going to happen to this character and how this is going to develop which is white talent like that that's quite remarkable that takes talent doesn't it I, yeah it's quite yes amazing. and also what has been really entertaining to watch in in that um uh, about that is that there's a bit of a trend going through tiktok where um readers will give the book to their partners who are 
I, I let's say skeptical of how much they're going to enjoy it. And, and there's a little bit of con of a condescending energy of like, I'm going to be able to predict what happens. This is so obvious. This person's, you know, because the, the person who's filming this has asked their partner to sort of talk them through the book as they're reading it. You know, what is this character? What do you think is going to happen next? Um, and this person, you know, often these, these husbands usually are saying, Oh, so obvious. This person's going to end up here. This one's, and sometimes they're right, but more often than not, you know, suddenly they're like, I did not see the, Oh my God. Did he just, did they just kill that? What I did? Wow. You know, so there is always these, I guess, plot twists or yeah. yes, character death that you're not prepared for or a development that yes, comes out of, of you know, left the left it's side you're a little bit blindsided by it. To it as well sometimes this suspense of <gasps> and some of the books do just literally stop and leave you going what the f <laughs> what and now i've got to wait nine months for another another <laughs> addition to this sequel another sequel to this book yeah so you've got the beats of romance you've got the fantasy world building i was also like what makes what makes it a sci-fi fantasy what makes it a romance fantasy and it literally all i could find was if it's set in space makes it a sci-fi and if it's not so but i can imagine you could have a fantasy romance set in space anyway we could go on and on about all the genres but that was really interesting to me um what else did i get in my notes here have you talked about the different types of love stories that go through it like there seems to be if it doesn't tick one of these, yeah. I guess, um, versions of a love story, yeah. it, it, you know, people really expect that. They, you know, they often talk about forbidden lovers or the slow burn or the, yes. you know, the, 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 they're not destined, but they are destined. But at the beginning, you know, they hate each other and you think they would be terrible together. And there's often um, a romance before that. The, mm-hmm. It's got a name. The you know the the first the first love I guess you could call it not the not end game yeah and sometimes those loves feel beautiful but they just weren't the end they weren't the big end game love but yes. and sometimes they were the wrong person you know you've ended you know up dating a villain oops the, the longer I read this genre the more books I read I remember the innocence and naivety of myself. It, at the start when I thought that that first love was it and now I'm really like oh no you're the first love you'll be gone soon or like, something's gonna happen to you or you are actually evil or you know I'm now like no nah, you're not obviously it it's too early in the book um which is really really fascinating so yes we've got like enemies to lovers or rivals to lovers is a common one forbidden love which is you know romantic relationship hindered by something social cultural um it's forbidden by their families or there's some supernatural barriers like you know fey and human can that happen well yes we can make that happen can't we sarah um you know taboo love forbidden love so you know obviously the classic you know romeo and juliet kind of story that that we've all loved over many 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 decades is now being brought into fantasy you've got the theme of mates so characters who are destined to be together often with a magical or supernatural connection. That's another trope. We've seen that. We see that with Feyre and Resand. 
Um, is it Aelin and Rowan? I haven't met them yet, but apparently that's another... <laughs> Magella's, if you're not watching the video, Magella's like, oh, yes, I can't wait for you to meet them, Carly. Um, <laughs> and the other classic trope is love triangle. So a central character is torn between two potential love interests, which is which is interesting. Have you read any of that love triangle where the female main character is being torn? I mean, um, odd wing, I guess, but also not. There is. And in Crescent City, you haven't got there yet, but there is a couple of characters that sort of create a little bit of that. Um, and it's interesting because Crescent City is only two out of three done. And then, you know, apparently with SJM, she's crossing the series. So that's, you know, the... Um, they will all, all the characters will start colliding in the later books across timelines and across different realms. Um, And certain people who don't have a mate in their current series is because they're actually meant to be mating with someone in a different book series, which is wild in a way. Like, but it is also, um, so comforting as a reader because these are in every series of SJMs, you become very attached to characters. And so the fact that these characters could also meet other characters that you love and that worlds start colliding and that someone's lineage has actually given them the gift that they've got. And that came from a character that you loved and you didn't realize that the timelines were like that because they've been set in different worlds. Um, so that's really interesting. But I do feel like the love triangle hasn't like been as present in like a serious love triangle, not the same way as it was, I guess, in Twilight where there was Bella and Edward and um, yeah. the wolf, um, werewolf, Jacob. what? Jacob. Um, and in, um, you know, and, and. and games, you had Katniss, um, Gail. Exactly. Peter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the fact that we are hesitating over certain characters, people will be like, "Love triangle in there." Um, I could, except that I find love triangles excruciatingly oh. frustrating to read because I am really just that one, you know, everlasting untying, yes. like connecting of souls. Yes. That's, That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, but one point, one point that I wanted to circle back on about the romanticity genre that you touched on a little bit earlier was the, um, the taboo love and, and the example kind of was Romeo and Juliet. I do feel like though in romanticy, there seems to be this, um, and I don't know if this is an actual official thing or if this is just sort of what is happening um but to be i think in that romanticy genre especially with the romance part of it there is this understanding that no main characters will will die like it seems to be like none of the great like pivotal love stories so there's not this fear of you losing these people and these people not having a happy ending like romeo and juliet obviously was it was a very tragic end, like a, the most awful end. Whereas here, these books, it's almost like if you're going to be reading a romance, 
you you need the happy ending. Like it's, it needs to be guaranteed absolutely. because absolutely. But yeah, they, like they do, some of them do die and come back. And I will never forget. <laughs> I will never forget that scene. Which one? Was it? Oh, read it so oh with recent. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I screamed in my bedroom, like screamed like someone that was very close to me. I had just received really tragic news. Like that was horrible. And because it was sort of my first sort of foray into this, I was like, can that happen in fantasy romance? That literally, that that's it. I mean, I equally, spoiler alert, oh, massive spoiler alert. I feel bad doing spoilers, but spoiler alert for the fourth wing. Like I felt equally as devastated, I think, with Liam when he went. So yeah, but anyway. Free Sam came back. It's all good. So you're right. But I don't think it's not the same with Liam. People that sometimes they just do die and you will not be prepared for that moment. Yes. But I don't think anyone like, and obviously it can happen because many of these series are unfinished, but I have not read any book across this genre that the, the main love story they've, they've not ended up together yeah. at the end of the yeah. book, both alive. I kind of want someone to do it and just shock everyone. Like, I think someone did. No, actually, I feel like if we, we – I didn't realise we'd be going here. Otherwise, I would have done some research, so I had some data. But there is – it was on TikTok. So um, with all the hype around, you know, all the current releases, like SJM is about to release the next one in January – Iron Flames just come out. Jennifer L. Armitrout just released, you know, a, a, another part of her series. There, there has been people saying, if you know, Violet and Zayden are not endgame, I'm out. I'm done. Like if Azriel doesn't end up with Elaine, or like if Azriel doesn't end up happy with a mate, if Moore doesn't end up with a female mate, like there's people are just like we are out. I mean. Azriel and Moore are secondary characters in a way that, you know, um, compared to like, you know, violence and Zayden, but that there was this whole thing when all these people were saying, you know, she would never do that. You know, Rebecca would not do us dirty like that. You know, SJM would not do us like that because apparently there was an author that did that in this romanticity genre. It was this big book or a a couple of a, a series and she killed off someone she killed off one of the lovers of the main and people rioted it was like people have sworn off that author forever they were like i will never pick up another one of her books and i can't remember who that author yeah, is I'll, and i really think I'll that my under name so then i can still release other books and still be beloved <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, we're, we're a passionate bunch. The, the readers are a passionate bunch and we do like the happy ending, but that doesn't mean that in this fantasy world they can't die 10 times and come back. Like, that's cool. I love that. It's not real. They can come back. I'm sure they'll come back. Um, but that in, I will never forget that initial shock when that happened the first time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's going on? So, anywho, we need yes. to wrap. We need to wrap, my love. So... Is there anything else you want to share about this genre? I think that gives people an idea of what it is about, but there is a spectrum of how fantastical and how magical 
And I think that's cool because there's something for everyone in here to play with and to explore and to enjoy. Yes, I think it's a nice way to kind of uh, define what you're going to expect if you start reading them, that you will generally, 99% of the time, you will get happy endings or you will at least have um, like a beautiful ending of main characters. You know, you'll go on this journey. There will be, you know, some um, elements that are not of this world, uh, but it will it's still pivotal around, you know, kind of a love story that has come together in a, a few fairly standard ways, but feels unique every time. Absolutely. Even if I'm like, yes, I know they hate each other, but my God, the sex is going to be amazing and yeah. I can't wait till I fall in love. Yes. Um, they do together so that's really all I wanted. Very cool. Yes. Um, so I've just got the um, line. If we're finished, I've just got that line from a book to see if they can uh, guess what book it is. Yep, we're going to share a line and you can just either just enjoy listening to Madge's dulcet tones as she shares it or you can be like, where is that from? And try and guess it and let us know in our show notes, in our polls. We would love you to guess it. Yeah. We would love you to guess it. Also because I think I'm picking really iconic big lines, you know, lines that you would pull out and frame or put on a t-shirt or you know I used in lots of social media you know posts um they will get more obscure I think once we know that people really are getting them uh, but I just wanted to start start easy in a way um so the line this week from a book is I would rather lose this entire war than live without you and if that means I have to prove myself over and over then I'll do it you gave me your heart and I'm keeping it. Well, I'm not going to guess, but I hope that our listeners do. Thank you for listening to this episode. Really cool to just sort of flesh out this topic and we will be seeing you in the next one. Thanks, Madge. My pleasure. Until we chat again. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you felt like you were eavesdropping on a conversation that you have been dying to have with someone to discuss all the tiny details and possible plot twists of the books that you've recently read. Perhaps you don't have someone to chat to after you finish one of those epic books, so please give the show a follow and we would be honoured to be your book-obsessed friends. But mostly, though, we hope it was fun, it gave you a giggle, it made you gasp or encouraged you to pick up a different author. Please share it with someone who you think would also love it and drop us a review, letting us know what you loved and what you want to hear from us in the future. We will be back with another episode soon. Happy reading.